0: Hey there, romance nerds! Welcome to another episode of Raging Romantics. I'm Jen. I'm Jackie. And we are proud to have you. We are librarians at
1: Northern Onondaga Public Library, and we are also romance nerds. Now, if you're wondering what this podcast is about, wait for it romance! Romance! Specifically, the romance genre of books. We are going to be talking about anything and everything having to do with romance. This could be bad heroines, good heroes, uh, swoon-worthy endings, snappy dialogue, happily ever after, uh, the genre, the tropes, anything
0: and everything. So with that being said, sometimes our material will be a little too sensitive for younger readers. If you feel the need to wait until they go to bed, we will be here for you. We would also like to issue
1: just a general trigger warning for some of the things that we do talk about. We will always try to issue specific trigger warnings for each episode so that you know what you're getting into. Now, without further ado, are you ready, Jen? Oh, I've been ready, Jackie. All right. Let's rage!
0: Hey, Jackie! What? Why did the vampire break up with her boyfriend? Why? Because he wasn't her type. Oh, God. (laughs) Well, that's an
1: excellent introduction into our topic for this this month. Yeah, what's our topic? Well, it's spooky season. (gasps) It's the best season. season. Best season of all. So, you guys have probably guessed what we're talking about. Vampires. Vampires. I want to suck your blood.
0: Vampires might suck, but I promise you this podcast won't. Oh God. <laughs> They're gonna keep coming. I'm humming, full folks. Of these... This is terrible. The no. fate of our <laughs> conversations at stake. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> so Jackie, to make me shut up before I yeah. come up with anything worse. Yes. You're a crazy history major. Yeah. I meant that in a different uh, order, or did I? No, I'm a crazy. History major. So I I know lots about vampires. Fun fact, in order to really torture my high school teachers, I would pretend to like Twilight and write really long. I actually really genuinely hated Twilight and I hated this teacher. So I wrote history papers about vampires that would end with me really lavishing praise on Twilight. (laughs) And all of my projects would end with like an eight page PowerPoint of Edward Cullen shirtless glistening in the sun and i really hate you're spoiling things oh no i am yeah so the point is jackie do you want to give us a little overview of vampires before we even get started all right so a
1: vampire for those of you who have been living in a coffin this whole time (laughs) underground underground (laughs) underground, in a grave um a vampire is an immortal being Mm -hmm. who drinks blood to sustain life I, Mm -hmm. i guess that's the best description of a vampire um you can get now vampires are a folklore character pretty much every single culture around the world has some sort of vampire Mm -hmm. they weren't called vampires however until the 1700s that was when the word first really came into being um nobody really knows where the word vampire quote-unquote came from um so we won't get into that argument (laughs) but the first use of the word vampire in relation to literature was in 1734 ish 1732 um there were a couple poems about, you know, these creatures coming into a maiden's bedroom to Ooh. suck her blood. Okay, 1748. It was The Vampire by Heinrich August Ossenfelder. Like my German accent there? It's beautiful, Thank I you. love it. Oh, it was a poem, it had very strong erotic overtones, and it was about a man whose love is rejected by a respectable and pious maiden. Mm. Um, And so the vampire, the creature, threatens to pay her a nightly visit, drink her blood by giving her the seductive kiss of the vampire, and thus prove to her that his teaching as a vampire is better than her mother's Christianity.
0: You know, I'm pretty sure I've had messages on Tinder like that. (laughs) Slide into your DMs, girl. (laughs) Slide into my coffin. Oh, God. (laughs) It went there. It's nice that time doesn't change much. And then, throughout the rest of the 1700s, there
1: were more instances of vampire literature. And they were all really erotic and really romantic, surprisingly. Um, and then, of course, Dracula happened.
0: I mean, I guess some reflection, vampires aren't that scary. No, so they're meant to be scary. But reflection. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't even get it. I didn't pick it up. <laughs> oh, bless my heart. Should that bring us right into modern vampires, or do you... Well, I just want to say, um, Dracula had nothing to do
1: with vampires until Bram Stoker Mm -hmm. (laughs) wrote about him. And that was when we start seeing this idea of kind of like a fated pairing. So, you know, in Dracula, they were kind of fated to meet. She was fated to die with him. Mm -hmm. Um, I have all literature people screaming at me if they're listening to this right now. But it was kind of the first instance of like a fated vampire, really infamous vampire with this cult-like following. And then the rest of the late nineteenth century happened, nothing really exciting happened with vampires. Early nineteenth century or early twentieth century, nothing really exciting happened. Sci fi, so science fiction kinda of started really rolling around and that's when you start see vampires as monsters again. Hmm. And then Anne Rice happened.
0: Oh, yeah. She was big, right? 1974? A little bit before our time, to be 76. honest. 1976. But yeah. I've read her, and yeah. I think you have too, right? Interview
1: with a Vampire came yeah. out in 1976. I I love the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise.
0: That feels like a disclaimer before you talk about the book. Oh.
1: I love the movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I also love the book.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you were going to be like, the book was awful. No. The book sucked. The
1: book is always better. <laughs> always. Except in the case. Twilight. They're just both. Well,
0: anyway, hey, hey, no spoilers. Spoiler alert. Um when we get to Twilight. Because yeah. you can't talk about vampires and not talk about Twilight, yeah, unfortunately. Exactly.
1: We'll get there, guys. Interview with the vampire came out in 1976, and it really started turning the tide of how the public at large really viewed vampires. So, like I said, science fiction, the birth of science fiction in the early twentieth century, really introduced the vampire as a monster and this creature that everybody should fear again and then with Anne Rice you get the idea of the vampire as this sympathetic creature okay um so he starts becoming this really moralistic character who's questioning his and you notice I keep using him oh, as a pronoun hey, look at that yeah we'll get to that guys um then we know what we're doing maybe <laughs> sometimes um so so you have the vampire who's questioning his being, who's questioning questioning his reality. Why am I here? Why am I doing this? Why do I have to kill people? Why mm. do I have to suck blood? Um, and they're questioning all these bad things that they're doing, and it makes the the reader really feel bad for mm. Louis and Lisztat, who are the main characters in this book. Um, and it really kind of made the readers more invested in vampires. Mm. Um, and then the early 2000s happened. Oh boy, what happened there? There was a very sad day, September 11th, 2001, um, really actually, this might come as a surprise for some people, (laughs) had an influence on paranormal romance. Really? It did. 9-11
0: has a connection to vampires.
1: It did. I can't wait to hear about it. So, post 9-11, completely understandably, a lot of people turned to fiction for escapism, and as we said in our last episode or two- Romance is pretty much escapism. That mm-hmm. is its foundational core value, I want to say. Um, and so post 9-11, people, a lot of readers, I won't generalize by saying people, a lot of readers turned to romance um, for escape, but they wanted to see a, her- a hero that could rescue them. Mm. So they were looking for this kind of supernatural entity, this godlike being who was strong, who was rich, maybe not rich, but most definitely, oh, definitely strong, rich. Definitely especially rich.
0: after actually they found that too with the recession. Oh, with the recession, like yeah. Like millionaire and billionaire fiction has shot up.
1: Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, who knew everything, who had been through multiple like through battles, through wars, through plagues, through famines, all this bad stuff before. Um, and came out the other side still just as strong. Mm. And that was when we really started seeing vampire romances. And paranormal romances, too, but especially vampire werewolves, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, um, start to rise. We had authors like... Start to rise, huh? Start to rise. Hey, that was hey! a good one. I didn't even plan that one, guys. Um, so we had Christine Feehan. We have Sherilyn Kenyon. We have Sookie Stackhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, Anne Rice continues to publish. Katie McAllister. Katie McAllister. There are literally Christine so many. Christine Warren.
0: Lynn Beal. Like, we could have a good 30 minutes of just listing vampire authors.
1: And then Twilight happened.
0: Twilight. Twilight. (sighs) Sounds like it was a real pain in the neck. (laughs) (laughs) Save me, please.
1: But Um, before we
0: get into Twilight, I think really we need to discuss the subject at hand. Why are they actually sexy? What is the appeal uh, of this bloodsucker? Well, so...
1: As the person obsessed with serial killers, we <laughs> yes. all know that stabbing is a euphemism for penetrative sex. Really? Yeah. That's a serial killer thing. Well, just the killing in general. Stabbing. Ugh. Um. So <laughs> sinking so fangs. This is what I need to escape from.
0: <laughs> the sinking of the fangs mm-hmm. into somebody's flesh mm-hmm. is
1: literally a euphemism, a metaphor for penetration
0: that never occurred to me that's really really interesting that's like the first thing that pops in my brain okay why do you think vampires are sexy i think there is a big component of them that is like this forbidden love this bad boy this really dangerous predator and as much as i hate to call anything back to nicholas sparks and his theory that romance is about taming a man this is the one time he's right right when really you want to tame that vampire this really dangerous scary being into a creature that exists solely for you and lives for you and maybe he fought against it a little bit but in all of the centuries of his life you are the shining light you are the way out of the darkness he can't live without you She's staring I, very
1: fiercely into my eyes. Cuz I she really says believe this, this. Fiercely, fiercely, fiercely. <laughs> fiercely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm practicing my vampire dub. I like it. I like it. No, See, I, it works. I, there I, is. I mean, I my feminist card is being revoked right now, but there is something very attractive about that. As much as I hate it, Nicholas Sparks will never be anything positive in my mouth again. But there is definitely some truth to that particular statement I think with vampires especially I mean it's the ultimate need yeah literally can't live without you mm-hmm. thanks to Jackie for that line yes thank you Jackie we
1: would not have come up with that on our own <laughs> um, I I do agree I think um that point about the ultimate need is mm. one of the most sexy things also when talking about feminine feminine,
0: feminine whales feminine wiles Uh, um i can't pronounce stuff guys i'm really sorry in advance (laughs) wiles wiles, wiles um the idea of
1: the heroine turning this creature this Mm -hmm. predator into something else so she is literally taking the most dangerous predator the Mm -hmm. top of the apex right top of the apex apex Mm -hmm. of the food chain that's
0: and turn it into a guard dog, really. Yeah,
1: so mm-hmm. a wolf in sheep's clothing, pretty much, mm-hmm. I think is how one podcast described it that well, I listened to. Um, and the idea of domestication is something that's interesting to talk about, and it goes into the idea of why vampires are so often portrayed as male.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I think because – and all the feminists in the back are standing up saying, No. Um, and I am I'm, too. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I
0: am too. You
1: know, this doesn't give us any pleasure to say this. Yeah. It definitely appeals to a very specific part of the psyche mm. where um a woman, a female, the female character, um really takes something and it appeals to the idea of feminine wiles like we said where she has domestication she has the power of the family she has this very female virtue about her where she's able to take this very scary predator like i said Mm -hmm. and turn him with the power of her love Mm -hmm. and other parts of her body Mm -hmm. (laughs) into something obviously just the neck part just the neck just the and neck. just the just the lifeblood mm-hmm. um and turn him into something else completely
0: so i would like to add two points to that because i do agree absolutely okay. i'm very sorry I'm sorry gloria i don't i don't like this about myself i will be discussing this in therapy one day <laughs> but i think to that point about really wanting the predator to fall in love with you i think that speaks to a lot of fear we have in real life and in society mm-hmm. where usually you're not going to get the predator to fall in love with you in real That's life a point I mean, serial killers don't have those kind of emotions. Real dangerous people do not have that within them. In real life, you're going to get killed. Yeah. So I do think there is something to it that in fiction, you can save yourself in a way that's not physical. That's not necessarily you're fighting him. You're not out, like, tricking him. He just... You're such a terrific human being or a great person or something about you, like, inner you, saves you. I think that is very interesting to think about. Well, that's an interesting point, yeah. And then I think I read, so the second point, I read a really interesting comment from a sexologist about vampires, and she describes that the vampire symbolizes the masculine. N- on male vampires, with male vampires, denied masculinity is allowed to come forth. That, again, we can't necessarily trust in real life. hmm but uh, Many women have submissive fantasies, but cultural attitudes that frown upon non-traditional sexual activities can shame women into not expressing them. Mm. But vampire romances provide a safe outlet for these types of fantasies. Same reason BDSM and mm-hmm. uh, 50, Fifty Shades, Shades got great. so popular. Exactly. Um, because, and
1: I actually even asked my brother-in-law, because he caught me taking notes on this, and he's like, why are you writing about vampires? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, A, they're awesome, yeah. and B... We want to know why people think vampires are sexy. And he said, well, it's forbidden fantasy. It's yeah. the ability to express something deep mm-hmm. down inside that you wouldn't be able to express otherwise.
0: And in a very safe way. Yes. We talked about that
1: in the last couple episodes, too. How romance allows you to experience something mm-hmm. that you wouldn't necessarily experience in real life. And you can judge your own reactions exactly. to it. Exactly.
0: The same way with horror movies. People love it just to see what they would do. Say how they horror feel. again. Horror. 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 The Horror. <laughs> There's some horror in this house. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get us copyrighted. Uh. But I do think there's something to having safe outlets for these very human emotions that maybe we don't like to acknowledge as a society. We're very, very... Puritanical. uh, Thank you. Before I could try to say that word, I appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, And I think also because we're... They're not neatly packaged feelings. I think it's very easy to mock those feelings... Oh, for sure. And I think it's very easy to dismiss those feelings. So, often it's much safer to read about these things in a vampire book as opposed to, I don't know, ta- like, I definitely would not talk Sparks. about this. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get this kind of emotion or outlet no. with Nicholas
1: Sparks. I mean, listen, I cry every time I read Nicholas Sparks, but that's because he kills the dog every time. Oh, I see, time. the
0: spark faded for me a long time ago.
1: <laughs> but um
0: But going into, like, how vampire
1: romance is, um, and just paranormal in general, I guess, allow mm-hmm. you to experience and express something,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's kind of... With vampire and paranormal romances, there's, like, no boundaries. Mm. You can literally express pretty much anything and make it believable, I guess, within the realms of That's fiction. True. yeah. So, like, a vampire who sparkles in the sun and can fly
0: and can read minds and mm-hmm. can control emotions. Sure! Why not? Why not? Let's go for right. it. Right. But you're really exploring, I think, the feeling that all of that brings you of, like, Edward Cullen, the sparkly vampire who's secretly the mountain lion who's gonna rip you to shreds and wants to suck your blood, <laughs> is actually very safe to handle.
1: And also... He himself is very good at like holding, he himself, that is such good grammar. He is very good at holding himself back. Just Mm -hmm. the vampire in general, for the most part. The idea of that control. Yeah. Where, so I talked about with Anne Rice, you get the idea of the vampire as wanting to control himself, Mm -hmm. feeling very questionable about himself. Um, And it's kind of the idea that you can trust almost except the crazy ones you mm. can trust that they are holding themselves yeah. back they don't want to do this because they're worried that they are going to kill you that they are going mm-hmm. to suck your blood and that they're gonna turn you into vampire and they don't want to do that
0: for something that's not human i think they think about being human and how to humanize themselves they miss what their that humanity more than like actual humans do yeah
1: yeah it's almost like they have nothing to lose so they're afraid of losing everything without mm. sounding completely trite
0: yeah Um. And then I think we've talked about taboo. We've talked about like the bad boys and really wanting to like seduce the predator. But I think just internally, there's something about us as humans that are really fascinated by the idea of vampires. We Jackie mentioned that uh, just about every single culture, every single religion, myth, place, whatever, has some version of a vampire in their stories. And I think that makes a lot of sense when you consider how bodies decompose. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and if you consider 2,000 years ago, yes, they were smart people, but they just did not have the science that we have now. And you see a body suddenly grow hair, or the gums recede, or the nails come out, or there's all these groans and fluids coming. And their stomachs are getting larger, mm-hmm. they appear to have
1: fluid trickling out of their orifices. And hey, there's
0: some sheep missing! I yeah. mean, why not? It's the walking dead. Come to steal our livestock and women. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's very telling that even 3,000, 2,000, a gazillion years later, uh, we've still managed to fit that myth and that kind of fascination into our own society. And we found a way to rework it that it's still useful to us. Yeah. Back then, it was a way to rationalize mm-hmm. the natural world because they couldn't. They're, they mm-hmm. didn't have
1: the ability to yep. um, within their own it was their way of rationalizing exactly. it. Exactly. And our way of rationalizing it now is it's how we can experience
0: and express.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess it's a good way. I like that. Thank you. Good job, Jackie. Thank you. I,
0: I think our remember. fears in general. I mean I mean dying. Yeah, dying's scary. Everybody's I think that's of dying. very understated of me to say. I know, real controversial. People don't yep. want to die. It's the literal it's a literal pause on death.
1: It is. So, I mean, we'll talk about it in our next episode, but Jen uh, reread some Christine Feehan. Yeah. Do you want to just tell
0: them about her own experiences with death? Christine Feehan is a crazy popular vampire author. She really helped revolutionize the genre. She really got a ton of interest. Uh, there's a lot to be said. She was one of the OG vampire Exactly. Writers. Like She's like Queen of Paranormal is one of her titles. <laughs> one of the reasons she got into writing the Carpathian series specifically is because her son died. Mm. And she wanted a place to explore the loneliness she felt. She wanted to spend some time with this immortal race of beings that wouldn't die and were very powerful and uh, were safe in that aspect. So I always try to keep that in mind when I'm reading about her. I'm probably going to say some things that are uh, like the nicest about her. Okay. That's but okay. there are some very deep emotions that go into that series for her. And that influenced a lot of her plot and her characterization of just having lost her son. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that really explains death. I mean, immortal beings, everybody being afraid of death. Yeah, they want to imagine this immortal race. It's kind of like the atheists in the back are standing up and clapping. Um, <laughs> but <a> bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's kind of a way to imagine God. Yeah, it's a way to imagine an afterlife. It's a way to imagine an everlife, mm-hmm. something that will happen. It gives you hope about maybe the future. Maybe I'll turn
0: into a vampire and I won't quote unquote have to See, die. With me, it's like I don't have to worry about heaven or hell or what's after. I just yeah. I've stopped. And I'll be able to collect all the money in the world. (laughs) Because, yeah, somehow vampires are always rich. Which plays very much in fantasy, too. Yeah. That would be nice. Mm -hmm. I wish. That would be very nice. (laughs) I went into the wrong profession,
1: though. What about blood? Let's talk about blood. Why do you think vampires have to suck blood?
0: This is, like, I genuinely... I think it's something about the life force. Yeah. I think because they literally need to take in what... uh, flourishes and embodies in us the ability to survive because they, I mean, it's traditional they can't eat food. Yeah. You know, they, and I feel like too with the, if you picture like a dead body with fluid trickling out, it looks like blood. It does, because it's dark. It looks like blood. It's dark, it's gross. It probably smells really bad at that point. Mm -hmm.
1: By the way, if you ever want to get rid of a body, just slice Mm -hmm. the belly open, stick some bricks in it. Don't stitch the belly back up. Throw it in a mangrove swamp.
0: I, well, (laughs) luckily this is romance book discussion and not serial killer know-how, please do not <laughs> reference us. We are not supporting murder in any which way. I'm just saying, don't become a vampire, vampire
1: killer of Sacramento.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so. Blood is sacred. I it is. Like, I mean, there's a Ooh. lot of cultures that really uphold blood, and think about it even in, like, in Christianity, you drink the blood of Christ. Yeah, that's true. The Mayans, mm-hmm. um, the Aztec. Yeah, I mean, how many cultures would, like, sacrifice things for the blood? Yeah, I think it's true. a, again, I think it's just an inner uh, human part of us that is really attracted to blood and really horrified by blood at the same time. Are you grossed out by blood? Yeah. I mean, mm, that's a good question. I mean, obviously I see it every month. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not super useful of me to be grossed yeah. out by Can it. girls see more blood than boys. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Game of Thrones, for that one line. <laughs> that's the only thing I appreciate about you. So I think with us, like, not I don't have that kind of thing. I might be disgusted by other people's blood, I guess, because it's also your natural human impulse to be like, yep. that's dangerous, get away.
1: I mean, it's also a taboo thing now no. to think of drinking blood um, because it's it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. It's not safe. It was never healthy or safe back then. No, it wasn't. Um, they just didn't. They didn't know why. They just had a natural aversion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it is interesting to think of the idea of the blood the blood song isn't the song of the blood. Isn't that a thing from one of the books? Like their blood sings.
0: In Christine Feehan, yeah, yeah. I think that's a common vampire thing too. That they're kind of like my like like
1: a I siren call. Yeah,
0: like a draw. Like something about you is drawing me to you. So I've seen it with scent and I've seen it with blood.
1: Oh, that's a good way to lead into faded mates. Ooh, <sighs> idea. So a faded mate in a romance novel. Is soulmate. this idea that there is soulmate? It's yeah. the one true person that you are meant to be with that can save you, that can redeem you, mm-hmm. um, that can rescue you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think of oh, vampires. other half of your soul. Your better half.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, Especially definitely. with
1: vampires. Vampires. <laughs> um, um, so, Faded mates and vampires, you see it a lot where um, the hero, the vampire, will be either just out, in general, going around, and he smells blood, and it'll be the blood of his one true mate, of his mm-hmm. soulmate. Oh. So that's
0: a big thing with Kresley Cole. Once they smell yep. the blood, that's theirs. Carpathians, they, they just kind of know it's you. Uh, that's a big thing. Or as soon as they see color with Carpathians. Yeah. So it does depend on the myth in the book. So the one I just read, um, A Vampire Bewitched,
1: he... Like he's really attracted to the heroine and all mm-hmm. this sort of stuff, and then she offers his her blood to him because he's like really injured and needs blood, mm-hmm. kind of like Twilight. Oh, okay. Um, and sure blood does that? Yeah, and he mm-hmm. tastes the blood and he's like, "This is it. She's oh, my fated hey, mate." She is. Yeah.
0: Okay. It's interesting that in romance, especially. The soulmate, the fated mate, has been so tied together with vampires and mm-hmm. supernatural in general. And that makes sense. Because the whole idea, I mean, it doesn't exist in real life. Sorry, I, I guess believers. mean, it's also, believers.
1: it's a very <laughs> romantic
0: <laughs> thing to think about. Because yeah. you have this immortal being mm-hmm. who literally could sleep
1: with hundreds Anybody. of thousands of mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Um, but there's only one true. One of you.
0: One true love. Mm-hmm. He's been waiting a thousand years for you. Love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, my heart is cold and dead inside, but yeah, that gives me a little flutter. Just a little. Just a little. Just a a tad. Just enough that somebody could stake me. Alright. I think that is an excellent jump-off point, though. We didn't talk about sex. (gasps) Jackie, you're right! (gasps) S-E-X! Yeah, so one of the things we forgot about with our dumb, smart brains until we realized, hey, we need to think with our pea brains. Uh, There is definitely a big draw to vampires if we're just discussing their sexual lives. They've been around the block a few hundred thousand times, let's say. They have the skills to back it up, bro. Mm -hmm. There is something very darkly sensual, sexual, any owls, really.
1: Yeah. It's just... They know what they're doing, mm-hmm. and on top of that, there's the there's usually, like, a blood exchange right. in sex that makes it extra special. Like, the female mm-hmm. orgasm in this is, like, ah! mm-hmm. um, I mean, in most romances, it's the same way. But I think, especially with vampire romances, it's not unusual to see depictions, mostly in movies and TV mm-hmm. I think True Blood did this, where they're, like, hovering above oh, the bed. Oh, yeah. And just
0: looking because at Because the you. sex is so good. Oh, that, too. Yeah. I was thinking, like, Edward Cullen oh. creepiness of oh. watching you when you sleep.
1: No, like, literally, they're, like, going at it, and they, like, mm-hmm. float above the bed.
0: Gotcha, yeah. I think that oh, happens. Oh, yeah, t- they do do that. And, and, True Blood, and True Blood, they literally destroy her bedroom at one point. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, I like, love- okay. I mean, usually the joke is that you're going to break your headboard. She, They broke her entire house, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. So, one last thing to talk about. Mm. Why are vampires male? That is an excellent question. I thought of that myself preparing for this. And that, that's kind of says something to me, because I have been reading vampires since middle school, probably. Maybe high school. And I've never really stopped to be like, huh, I just ins- code them as male for just some reason. Yeah, I don't even really think about it. And that's not to say there aren't female vampires out there. And I have read, I guess, some myths of female vampires, but it's very... They're called different things. Exactly. Like, they kind of get attributed to different myths and things. But, like yeah for some reason we just associate this very masculine kind of energy to a vampire and it's usually the the male vampire seducing the woman away mm-hmm. i think some of that ha- does have to do with popular culture yeah. you think about how popular dracula was or what's the remind me who the ugly one was bella bella luisi, luisi? Bella luigi yeah he's male i mean there's a, a ton of lugosi. 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 Yeah, lugosi we're not the luigi
1: and Mario. <laughs> So, I mean, even the story of the vampire isn't necessarily, classically speaking, just a male vampire. A lot of the early stuff was actually about female lesbian vampires. Really? Which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. So, Carmilla, she was a lesbian vampire who hunted women as prey. Mm -hmm. So, that's really interesting. It's
0: interesting they're always predators regardless. Like, they didn't make the female vampire some weakling little baby thing that has to go be rescued by the...
1: I mean, I think... We talked about in the last episode how Victorians were very repressed, but there oh, yeah. was still there was still such a counterculture movement of mm-hmm. like nipple rings and yeah. like bondage and the the sex mm-hmm. shops rising. Um, and it's very much so the same thing with vampires. I think mm-hmm. where vampires were extremely counterculture. They're still extremely counterculture. Um, they were
0: linked with the goths in the eighties and nineties. That's true. And mm-hmm. It's still a thing. Um, I mean, people still kind of make fun of you, but now it's because of Twilight, not because. vampires are like lame punk things yeah
1: exactly um and largely i think that vampires get linked with male Mm -hmm. predominantly because the word itself is a masculine noun so vampire is masculine
0: but you said that we don't know where vampire comes from we can kind of guess
1: where it came from but just strictly like language speaking the i r e at the end is a masculine Mm -hmm. noun ending so vampire itself is masculine if Mm. we said vampires then we'd be like oh yeah that's feminine because the s um so the name didn't help things no no what's in Mm. a name a guy
0: but hey i know male romance readers are getting more popular we actually found out that what is it it's like 20 percent from the rwa said that yeah Uh, granted we can't trust everything the rwa says at the moment depending especially on when they did their research but I am curious to see if female vampires will grow in popularity. I if, hope so. I wonder if uh, what men will, would see in a vampire romance if well, they read those, or if they stick more with contemporary. So
1: think of True Blood um, mm-hmm. with Jessica. That was her name, right? The yeah. redhead. And um, Sookie's brother. Mm-hmm. I love that storyline. Yeah. That was, like, one of my favorite storylines. Um, But, yeah, largely even in True but Blood. But she
0: wasn't, like, a powerful vampire, right? The she got to be. Eventually. But I remember that one season when they had Violet. Who was like genuinely a, a powerful oh, vampire? Yeah. And, and she
1: tried to lure. Yeah, Jessica. she ended up
0: going crazy. Yeah, you know. So it's still, we, I think we still have some of these issues, maybe with powerful women. Is that yeah. too out there to say? No. Okay. Not at all. Well, I know that's obviously that's a, like not. But am I digging too much? I think too, because
1: romance is largely written by women for mm. women. I mean, now like we said, it's changing, but Thank it's still so largely written by women. Right. Um, and I think that we like to imagine. We'll always inject ourselves into the story yeah. as a writer. That's true. And we like to imagine ourselves being saved by the hero. And mm-hmm. so we like to imagine ourselves being saved by the vampire. Or mm-hmm. changing the vampire. Or like banging yeah. the vampire <laughs> yeah. versus that's one way to save yourself yeah exactly um so yeah if we're writing a series eventually down the line we're gonna write a female vampire because it injects something into the story and
0: that is to say there are female vampires out there yes. i mean i've read a bunch of them it's just it's interesting to me especially when i was preparing for this that so
1: disproportionate yeah it's,
0: it's disproportionate. very male it's very they're always the most powerful beings and we're the ones kind of trying to catch up
1: also i guess we could say babies So, thank you for reminding me yeah a lot of the time somehow (laughs) they have babies yeah Yeah. um but it always has to be with a human female um that's the only way they can have children so that's Mm -hmm. the only way to perpetuate yeah because there is a
0: myth too of um half vampire creatures i think it was like a russian myth the dampars i can't pronounce it thank you jackie for not letting me talk. i got you i got you with weird languages so that's definitely a thing and, um, that reminds me. One personal reason I really like vampires, I really appreciate that they're usually the childless couples I want to read about. Oh. Because very much now it feels like, whatever book it is, there's always an epilogue when they have, like, 10,000 children. Multiple children. Yeah. And, and then like, all their friends have children. Oh. And I'm just like, it's nice for you guys. I'm not planning on having kids. It's fine. Like, I'm not saying I'm not going to read a book because they're going to have children. And I still read, like, pregnancy books and, it's like, accidental kids. And that's still enjoyable. But it would be nice. To see a happy couple that's just going about their lives child-free. Living somewhat mortally. Yeah. Just, you know, themselves, their riches, Mm -hmm. a nice castle or two. If I was married to a vampire, we would not have kids. I would make him have a giant pool full of jewels I get to swim (laughs) in. We would travel all over the place. I
1: feel like we're telling a lot about ourselves (laughs) with this. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops! Yeah. Um... But yeah, that's pretty much vampires are awesome, Mm -hmm. even though it's mostly men.
0: Very sensual, very dark, very, it just speaks to something in us, which is still very interesting to me. And I think it's something we're going to explore as we go through this podcast, because obviously romance will do that for everything. Mm -hmm. There is something that speaks to you in every kind of genre of romance. Yeah. And I guess it looks like vampires will live to rise again. They will always be Mm -hmm. there. You can't keep them in the coffin. Forever and ever. Right now, do you have any theories on why they're not popular right now? Because it did kind of die down. Twilight. Do you think so? There was too much Twilight. I think
1: Twilight got so popular that it just left burnt out. Mm. Everybody burnt out. Um, And especially because it was such a hyperbole of some vampiric
0: traits Mm. that I think people got sick of it. I will say, too... I have seen vampires but within universes of yeah. uh, multiple supernatural beings. So I think now it's really
1: starting to get popular is shifters. Mm, so a shifter fun a shifter is pretty much like a werewolf is a shifter. It's something that changes from a human form into another creature type form werewolves
0: are the traditional but we've had were panthers dragons oh the dragons are fun dragons are really dragons popular are cool. right now. bears
1: nora is actually coming out with a dragon <gasps> something with a dragon it's got a dragon oh boy. on the cover i'm oh excited boy. but i think that vampires will come back it's the same with a lot of tropes that we've seen in the past yeah, they always um, come back
0: eventually something mm-hmm. will happen and we want a immortal lover to go and beat somebody up for us exactly
1: who knows maybe after coronavirus <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you cardi <laughs>
1: we'll need uh we'll need some more mm-hmm.
0: but, but there is still so much to talk about when it comes to vampires yes but next episode we are going to dive deep into christine Fian and twilight to discuss those things yeah so thanks for listening thanks for listening thanks <laughs> and we can't wait to see you next time all right gang bye thanks so much keep raging